This episode is brought to you by 2 Before Performance Nutrition. 2 Before is a natural sports performance supplement made from New Zealand blackcurrant berries. There's a growing body of evidence behind these berries for improving endurance and kickstarting recovery. With a sweet and tangy berry flavor, you can mix it in water, juice, sports drinks, and smoothies. For optimal results, drink daily 30 to 60 minutes before training. Use code INDIANA30 online at 2before.com for 30% off 20-pack products and free shipping. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Indiana Runner podcast. My name is Josh Puccinelli, and this is my portion of the podcast where I sit down with some of the best coaches and athletes from around the state, past and present. We discuss the highs and lows of their running or coaching journeys, the key insights they've gained along the way, and often dive into the bigger picture beyond the course of the track, the things that make them human, not just elite runners or coaches. The following is an interview with Joe Golden. Joe is the current head boys and girls cross-country coach at Hamlin Southeastern High School. During this interview, we cover Joe's start in the sport, his time running in high school in a suburb of Chicago, taking his running to another level at Lewis University, his journey into the coaching world, the transition from Carmel to HSC, what he believes about training and culture, finding balance in life, stepping away from track, how he's feeling about his teams heading into the state meet, and much more. I enjoyed hearing Joe's passion for providing the best training he possibly can for his athletes and seeing them enjoy the sport far beyond their days in high school. Thank you guys for listening to and supporting this podcast. We couldn't do it without you. As always, I hope you all enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Without further ado, I give you Joe Golden. All right, Coach Golden, welcome to the Indiana Runner podcast. How's it going? No, it's going great. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I asked you before we started, but how's practice? How's the week going? How's the fall going? Um, Maybe even. Yeah, really good. Everything's going great. Um, we actually gave the kids Monday off, uh, so we were back for the first uh, first practice today after regional, and um, everybody's in pretty good spirits and and uh, and ready to go. So it's really trying to hold them back a little bit this week. Yeah, definitely. Has yeah. the season flown by for you? It has. You know, it's always one of those things when you're in, when you're in it, it seems like it's going slow, but man, by the time you get to the end, you're like, where to go? You know, it flew by so fast. Yeah, for sure. When was that first moment that you realized like the season was flying by? Oh, you know, really probably, you know, once we started school and the official season, probably like that first week, you're like, man, we've already got through summer. We're already mm-hmm. into the meets. And you start looking ahead, you're like, there's not that many meets until you're in the tournament. And yeah, that's definitely true. I think definitely that point, but especially like when sectionals was around the corner, but also realizing like state was two weeks after sectionals now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, It's like, whoa. But yeah, yeah, it definitely made it. It definitely made it seem like the tournament was like, you know, not come and gone quite yet, but it's starting and it's almost over. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, well, I appreciate you doing this. I'm excited to kind of dig into your story and then also talk coaching. We open up each episode with what's called tier talk. So we rank okay. our top three in a certain category. And this week is if you could spend the day with any active athlete, what would be okay. your top three? Uh, do you okay. want me to start or do you want to go? Yeah, yeah. Give me one. Let's hear you got. <laughs> okay. So I kind of went to three different sports, probably the three sports I like the most. Uh, number three is Jason Kelsey. So the okay. center for the Eagles. Um, he's got a podcast called New Heights. Is that what it's called? I'm not <laughs> sure. Um, I'm a big podcast guy and I enjoy listening to his, even though I'm forgetting the name. I think it's New Heights. Um but he just seems like a, a fun guy that I would enjoy hanging out with. Um, number two is Giannis. 
not only maybe the best player in the world, but he just seems like a genuinely good guy. And I feel like it'd be fun to to spend the day with him. Number one is a running pack podcast after all. Uh, is Morgan McDonald. He was probably well, maybe I don't know, partly known for his professional career now with On, but back in the day at Wisconsin was was unbelievable. Um, yeah. Also hosts a podcast and seems like a a fun dude. So maybe get a run in with him would be would be fun. So yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I can't do the same thing. I, I would kind of think about three different sports. Um, kind of a kind of a weird list maybe but i guess uh third working my way towards the first one third would be probably conor mcgregor um not <laughs> oh, big, guys a guy's a character for that reason might be crazy <laughs> but just i'd like to know how those guys really train you know what do they really do um just because yeah you know, there's so many aspects to that sport that you could train 12 hours a day uh with different aspects and i just be curious to see you know how they balance them i kind of i'm always interested in programming for different kinds of training whether it's cross-country track uh triathlon whatever and like i was kind of interested to see how they program his training or what he does so um that'd be my my third choice uh and then uh second um i put down uh i probably mispronounce his name because it's so so unique is tade pagachar uh the cyclist uh, second the Tour of France this year, um, kind of again just just to really see what those guys do. You hear you hear stories, but you never really know, you know, until you talk to somebody and just uh, you know to see what kind of programming they have for their cycling training for those kind of kind of crazy endurance uh, events that they do like the Tour. Uh, and then uh, last was uh, was a football player like yourself, Gardner Minshew. Um, <laughs> you know, I heard of him before, but then once he got to the Colts, you know, and I'm watching, I'm like, that it just looks like the dude's got it put together. Like he's always having fun. Yeah. But he's he's talented and uh, and he just seems like he's like always got always got a smile on his face and I think he'd be pretty pretty cool. For sure. The the first game was pretty rough, but he looked he looked decent <laughs> this past week. Yeah. Definitely should have won that game, but um mm-hmm. so are you pretty big into cycling? Um yeah, yeah. So I um, you know, I, I got into triathlons for a while after college, pretty serious, and then uh, continued to cycle at this point. Um, and then kind of found, I won't get into details unless you ask me later, but gotten to kind of gotten, gotten into gravel racing recently. Um, oh, and it's just kind of rejuvenated some competitive spirit in me. It's kind of a new thing. Um, it's kind of a cool group of people and stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What, what is the state of like American cycling right now? Like, are we any good? Man, it doesn't seem like it seems like got some individuals, you know, here and there popping in. But, you know, I, you know, I can't really say like on a world class level because we really don't get exposure to unless you really dig. Um, mm-hmm. You only see the tour. You only see the Tour de France and that's really about it. So I'm not sure in terms of like um, single stage races, uh, mountain bike, you know, some of those other, you know, other types of racing. I'm not really sure. Um, but in terms of the tour, we seem to have dropped off a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I'm just curious. I, I remember like the summers during high school, like after practice, I would always just come back and watch on the Twitter France, usually fall asleep to it, but yeah, yeah, always been interesting. Yeah, like, that's how I spend most of my Julys. Yeah, like you're awake for the beginning of the race, you fall asleep and like catch the end of it or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, cool. So our second icebreaker is what's called car thoughts. Those are the thoughts you have when you're running, biking, in the car, shower, the times you have alone. Uh, so my serious one for this week, and I feel like I've been kind of learning it the hard way is like you can't always have your cake and eat it too yeah i feel like um i wouldn't necessarily say i'm like spread too thin um like i have got my job got coaching got this podcast um time with friends family girlfriend um sleep obviously and like i i am very busy but i don't feel like 
I'm like spread too, too thin, but I realized that, I don't know, my priorities aren't necessarily what everyone else's are, if that makes sense. Like I, yeah. I've, I've run into this with my like, girlfriend, especially like she, you know, we're thinking about marriage down the line. We're thinking about family and, and things like that. And like, she wants to feel like a priority and I want her to be a priority. Um, and so just thinking about, like, I can't do everything that I want. Um, there has to be yeah. some sacrifice there. Like there's only 24 hours in a day. You only have one life. Um, and so just thinking a lot about the future, thinking what, where does coaching come into that? Where does family come into that? Where does job come into that? Um, and I can't necessarily do all of it and I have to prioritize it in a certain way. And so just thinking a lot about that and where I want those priorities to be. And then my not so serious one, we already kind of touched on this, but I was just thinking about like, this is state week, which is crazy. And just like, where did the season go? Like, like you said, during the summer, it feels like it's just going to last forever, but then now we're here. So, yeah. Yeah. What about you? Have you been yeah. thinking about anything, anything online? What's that? I'm sorry, I missed it. I just say anything on your mind the past couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah, you know, kind of, kind of interesting to hear what you said. I, um, you know, not recently, but it's interesting to to hear what you said that you can't fit all your interest in. And you know, I kind of, I've kind of pondered that myself. Just like there's so many things I want to do, and you sometimes start taking on too much, you got to back it off. But I, you know, I kind of think, you know, it, interesting people kind of find everything interesting, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you kind of get into it. So I appreciate the, that that perspective. Um, for me, kind of the serious thing I think about when I drive, and I might my commute super short, so I don't get too deep into it. But uh, about back the idea of programming, when I start like kind of, kind of, you know getting into it i just kind of run through different types of programming for training um different kind of workouts just having exposure to like cycling swimming you know wrestling um, running and all that you know i've kind of got different perspectives and i try to blend them together sometimes i'll kind of run through that stuff in my head and try to come up with workouts that the, the athletes might find a little more entertaining than like straight up quarters or straight up miles or something like that so i don't know if that's super serious but that'd probably be my more, more serious contemplation uh kind of thing and then uh, a less serious um basically this is pretty sad but i'm not very fast anymore and i'll daydream about winning running races and winning <laughs> races <laughs> and just kind of run through run through that no one is probably never gonna happen again but <laughs> yeah no i definitely know what you mean um i might dealing with a, a lower leg injury and going to the doctor tomorrow actually um but we had our our time trial today for all of the like our top eight didn't do it but everyone else okay. did, did 1600 and okay. I was like looking forward to doing it, um, just seeing like what I could do. But <laughs> I haven't run in two weeks because of this injury. Hoping it's not too too serious. But yeah, I was definitely standing there like, dang, I wish I was out there. <laughs> you know. <laughs> so I definitely yeah. Feel it. yeah. Uh, well, cool. So we're gonna get into your background, and then like I said, we'll get into some coaching questions as well. We usually start from the beginning. So how did you get? You're starting running. What else were you interested in when you're growing up? All that good stuff. Uh, you know, when I was growing up, it was kind of one of those kind of uh, uh, typical like uh, city. I grew up in Elmwood Park and in Chicago. So kind of we were outside just playing everything, riding bikes, riding skateboards, pick up baseball, pick up basketball, everything. So really didn't have anything specific um, early on, um, but really, really got interested in running. It was kind of a kind of a unique circumstance. I think I was in like Cub Scouts or something, and they came and recruited for cross country and they had a slideshow. And uh, the slideshow made it look like you're going to be running through the woods and these rolling hills <laughs> and, you know, going 20 miles and that and I really, it just really appealed to me. Um, obviously, that wasn't exactly what it was, but that was kind of my first exposure <laughs> to 
it. And uh, I actually didn't go go out at that point, but but it did did plant the seed, and uh, and later ended up running. This episode is brought to you by Olipop. Olipop is a healthy and delicious alternative to soda. Available in 14 flavors, including cherry vanilla, cream soda, and my personal favorite, classic root beer, Olipop combines prebiotics, plant fiber, and botanical extracts to support your digestive health with less than 5 grams of sugar and 45 calories in each can. Indiana Runner podcast listeners can get 15% off at checkout with code IRPODCAST15. If you'd like to support the podcast and are looking for a healthy and delicious alternative to soda, Check out Olipop today. Okay, cool. So that was that was your first introduction to it. Um, were you pretty serious about it from the beginning, or was that kind of a gradual process? You know, I would say pretty quickly. I, uh, I, I the first time I really ran ran, you know, a kind of serious way was freshman year track. I didn't run cross country my freshman year, and uh, we were ran indoor track in Chicago area. They do have some um, a little bit more significant indoor season. Um, just because there's high school with indoors, you know, many high schools have the indoor tracks. And so um, I remember training a little bit and running and I got in this race and it was an indoor, I think it was a two mile, you know, when you're out of shape in your first run, you get those stitches, you know, oh, it was yeah. brutal, <laughs> dude, sure. it was brutal. And I'm running and by coincidence, you know, I wasn't that great. And the kids we weren't, weren't run against were that great. And uh, I had a chance to win the race. And, uh, and so I thought, man, I'm just, I'm going to win this race. And then I'm going up to my coach and I'm quitting. This is it. And so that was literally my first race. So I ended up winning this race and it might have might have planted the planted the bug in me to keep going. But um I never went up to coach, never thought of that again. Um, but that was kind of my 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 inter, my introduction to serious and somewhat serious racing, I guess. Yeah, definitely. So what was the like the atmosphere around running in Chicago or around Chicago? Um, like where you grew up? Was it as big as it is here or you know, it's it was different just because it's the, the city and the suburbs are just so much bigger. There's just so much more. I would say it was definitely as competitive just because of the number of people. Um, but it, but it wasn't as concentrated as is necessarily in Indianapolis area, particularly the north side. Um, um, but yeah, it was it was it was highly competitive. There were some very good programs up there, especially in the west suburbs of like Elmhurst and Downers Grove and some of those other uh, suburbs there. Yeah. Have they always been good? Those, those suburbs? Yeah. You know, since I can remember when I was, you know, when I was growing up, they were, you know, they got York and, uh, um, uh, Flossmore and Downers and some of those programs and they're, they're still good to this day. Um, but, uh, they kind of mirror some of our, our North suburbs, you know, like Fishers and Zionsville and Carmel and stuff like that. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what do you remember about your experience in high school? Did you have some, some favorite moments, some highs or even lows? Um, you know, I, I really wasn't very good in high school. I was okay. I was decent. I got lucky to I continue running in college. I kind of locked into a, a path that led me the right way. But, um, you know, so no huge highlights. I just I just mainly remember training. I really like training. Um, and uh, I know York High School at that time, their big deal was to run a thousand miles over the summer. And it kind of got wind of that. And um, I thought, you know what, before my senior year, if I want to be good, I got to do what they do. And so I ran a thousand miles that summer before my senior year. Um did make me a lot stronger and a lot faster, but I burned out before the season was over. So it probably wasn't the <laughs> wisest move, but it did, it did instill some, um, uh, some, some, I don't know, training, uh, integrity and, and things like that. And so I guess that probably my highlight is just developing a pretty solid work ethic between, uh, between running and some other sports. Yeah. What was your team like in high school? Like, were you pretty, pretty small? Were you guys any good or? Yeah, we were pretty small, but we actually put together a pretty good team. So our school is about 700 total students. Um, and then again, when you're in the, in the suburbs against some of those, you know, monster schools, um, you know, we, we didn't really 
compete competitively against the bigger schools. But we had, you know, I think like my, my senior year, we had a couple of good juniors. You know, I'd say we probably had five guys that were like 16, 15 or better. Um, so for a school that size, we were, we were pretty solid, but we were just over the limit. We were in the big school. There was two divisions at the time. We were still in the big school division. So, um, we pretty much got to the first tournament race and got waxed there. So, (laughs) (laughs) yeah. Um, so I read that you also wrestled, um, did you consider playing any other sports and what did like wrestling, how did that impact your, your running? Um, well, I, I played football my freshman year and, um, just didn't really like it too much standing around. I was fine. I could, I could have <laughs> got by in a small school, but there's a lot of standing around. Um, and so then my friend, then my, my, uh, my, uh, winter season, I actually swam. Um, that's where I learned to swim. I didn't know how to put my face in the water yet and I could swim without drowning, but <laughs> being a small school, they still kept me around for a while. And so I learned how to swim basically, and then ran track my freshman year. Uh, and then after that, it was cross country wrestling, uh, track for the next three seasons. Um, and, uh, wrestling was a lot of fun. I really, really liked it. Um, uh, but there weren't, it wasn't real serious in that area. So basically you just wrestled during the wrestling season. And it was only that really unique kid that found wrestling opportunities outside the wrestling season, at least, at least in my high school. So pretty much you wrestled for three months and then that was it. And then you just came back the next season. So never got the chance to really, really get into the sport in terms of, uh, you know, like the level that we do around here in cross country. Yeah. So did you run at all over the winters or was it just wrestling? No, no, I just wrestled. So I think that's part of why, you know, um, maybe I didn't progress as much as I could have in high school, but, um, but yeah, I wouldn't change that at all though, but yeah, probably would have progressed a little more if I had some winter running. Okay. Yeah. I was going to ask if you regretted doing wrestling at all, but sounds like no, no, um, no, I, I loved it. That's awesome. So you'd go on to run at Lewis. Um, how did that opportunity come about? Where else were you considering? Were you considering not running and going somewhere else or? Um, well, I got, I got, I had two offers to continue running. One was to Triton college, which I think might've been NAIA and that was to wrestle. Oh. And then, uh, and then I got uh, an offer from Lewis to run and I really wanted to keep running. And they also had the major that I was interested in, which was aviation at the time. Mm. And, uh, you know, the coach came out and visited my house and he was putting together basically what I call a team of like diamonds in the rough. We were a bunch of like nine forty five guys and, uh, you know, which, you know, often don't get anything offered to them. And, um, you know, he was put, putting together kind of, kind of starting from scratch and was putting team, a team together at that point and recruited about five or six of us in that ballpark. And it turned out that he picked the right five or six guys and we really made a lot of progress together. That's cool. Um, aviation, how did that interest get started? I really don't know. I just kind of like <laughs> math and science. It sounded cool. So <laughs> that was about it really. Yeah. And then, uh, and then when I got there, when I got there, it wasn't quite what I thought it was going to be. It ended up being a physics uh, major math minor. Okay. Did you want to be a pilot? Was that the, the thought or? That was kind of my plan. My, my kind of my plan was to get my pilot's license, um, a degree in aviation, then maybe go in the military. But then when I got there, um, really all you got was your pilot's license, literally. And then their program was mainly what was a, was, was um, uh, airline mechanics. Oh, but, huh. you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, uh, that wasn't really disclosed to me fully in the recruiting process. And so, and so when I got there, I kind of was like, well, I don't really want to be an airline mechanic. So I switched over to physics and that's kind of where I stuck then. Okay, cool. Um, how was your experience running at Lewis? Like what were some of the key moments, things you remember? Yeah, it was, it was exceptional. Like it's one of those things, like just, I just fell in, fell into it by pure luck. Um, like I said, we got a bunch of guys in there, like a bunch of 945 guys. And they had a few older guys that were decent, uh, but we just progressed together. And it was a bunch of guys that, that, that really made progress and really worked hard and were really into it. 
Um, we ended up qualifying for nationals for the first time in school history and did some other pretty cool things, won conference a few times. Um, and so, yeah, it was, and it was, it was exceptional, ex exceptional experience. And it was a smaller program, obviously too. So the, the guys and girls were pretty well connected. And so that became your core group of friends and uh, still, still, you know, talking and, and uh, hang out with some of those people all the time. That's cool. Um, so you switched over to physics. Well, what do you think you'd do with that? Um, and what well, did you end up doing post-college? Um, I, I went ahead and was working on my teaching certificate. It's kind of like a backup. Um, and, and I did have some instruments, so it was kind of like a, a possibility. And then actually the military was going to be an option to try to fly. Um, uh, and then I uh, just kind of, once I got closer to graduation, then I kind of, I wanted to keep training, to be honest with you. I knew I wouldn't be able to do that in the military. Um, so I want to keep training serious for a little while longer. And uh, uh, so the military was out and and then uh, just kind of, kind of, kind of geared my life towards continuing to train. Yeah. How did that go? How did you, I don't know, accomplish anything post-college? Uh, you know, from a, from a grand scale, no. Um, but you know, when I graduated, I really wanted to try to make the Olympic trials and triathlon. It was kind of going to be the newest thing in triathlon, uh, in, in the Olympics and, uh, made a good run at the bike and the, and the, and the, uh, uh, run. And I kind of got those in the, I would say high caliber level, uh, but the swimming, no, <laughs> I certainly learned that that swimming to me is not a fitness sport. It's a technique sport. And I didn't know that going in as much as I should have. And I just never got to the level that I would need to be to, to compete at the top level in swimming. Um, but, but I, but I really enjoyed what I did had some great experiences and, uh, I, I just liked to train. So it was fine. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. I, I like, I've swum, swam, swam, swam rec recreationally, yeah. like for cross training and different things like that. Um, it's interesting to hear you say it's like more, more technical. So like the, your aerobic capacity from like running and biking didn't really translate without the technique. No, no. And I can tell you, I was training hard. Not on, I was being actually coached by a guy who's a pretty good coach and I was swimming down at NIFS downtown and I had been going at it for a couple of years and um, I'm in the water and uh, a woman comes in and she's probably, I'm at this point, I'm probably late twenties, maybe 30. And uh, a woman comes in that is swimming high school, but she was like mid forties, had a couple kids and was just getting back in the water to get some fitness. So she jumps in the master's club and gets in and by like the third swim, she's swimming faster than me. I'm like, you know what? I think, I don't think this is going to work out for me. I'm just churning water. I'm, you know, I'm doing a lot of work <laughs> yeah. and, she's, and she's just slipping through the water, you know? Yeah, for sure. So, that actually makes a lot of sense. Cause I feel like, felt like the same way like I'm I've always been a decent runner but I get in the pool and I just feel like I'm going nowhere yeah yeah it doesn't matter how much work you do you still don't go anywhere <laughs> yeah exactly this episode is brought to you by Boo as runners who are out in the sun daily we need a reliable effective sunscreen Boo focuses on delivering real results by using FDA-approved ingredients specifically designed to prevent skin aging even under the most demanding conditions. Their innovative, scientifically proven skincare solutions are designed to work harmoniously with your active lifestyle, ensuring your skin stays youthful, vibrant, and resilient. Indiana Runner Podcast listeners can get 10% off their order with code IRPODCAST at checkout. If you're looking for a sunscreen to support your active lifestyle and want to support the podcast, check out Boo today. Um, so when did you know it was time to like kind of hang it up and move on from seriously training? Um, you know, I actually, you know, probably, probably mid thirties. I mean, I knew at that point I wasn't going to be like an Olympian or anything like that, but I was still training serious. I knew it wasn't going to make a living for me or anything like that, but, um, I was still really enjoying it at the uh, somewhat elite 
amateur level. And so I don't know if I ever really made a decision at any one point to stop because I just love doing it. Mm. Um, and I'd still be doing it now. Just got, got a major knee issue. I've had a knee replacement. Um, so I can run a little bit, which I do, and I can bike a lot. Uh, which I do and some other things, but, uh, but really that's the only thing that slowed me down and backed off from it. So it wasn't like a decision, like, okay, I'm done. I'm out. So kind of thing. So. Yeah. What, uh, what does your bike training look like now? Um, you know, it's, it's pretty, pretty solid over the summer, you know, we've got time obviously. So, um, uh, you know, if it's, if it's, if it's a good, a good stretch, you know, maybe I'm getting 200, 225 a week, um, on the bike. Um, and then, but when once cross starts, you know, then I'm just trying to maintain some base level of fitness, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but yeah, so it's, it's pretty concentrated in the, in the spring and summer for me. Yeah, definitely. Um, so where did your career go after you graduated? How has that kind of evolved? So yeah, kind of, kind of interesting. So I wanted to keep continued training and a friend of mine who I'd run with in college, Marty Wilkie, who's actually the, he and his wife ran with me at Lewis university and they're actually the junior high coaches for Giantsville. Uh, now, so they actually lived down in this area on the west side of Eagle Creek Park, and I'd come visit them while I was still in school, and uh, they were getting into some triathlons and stuff like that. And so, when I came to visit, I'm like, "This is a heck of a lot better than Chicago for training for triathlons." <laughs> and so, uh, I didn't really have any huge commitments or job aspirations coming out of college at that point. Nothing I was locked into. So, um, I basically moved down here out of school, um, lived in Broad Ripple for a while, and then on the west side for quite a while. Um, uh, and that's kind of kind of kind of how I ended up down here in Indy. Yeah. Um, what, what were you doing for work? Uh, so, uh, I was a firefighter in Pike Township, um, because of my friend Marty, he was on the fire department and, uh, the schedule is 24 hours on and then 48 off and you can work out while you're there. And, uh, you also, a vacation day is like five days in a row off because you take that one day off and got two on each end. Oh, yeah. And, uh, and my, my whole life was the only focus I had was training even if I wasn't going to be any good. So I was like, man, that is the job to have right there. Uh, and so I, I tried out for the fire department and got on the fire department at Pike. And I did that for, for, uh, I think seven years when I first yeah. moved here. Um, when did you make the transition to, to teaching? Uh, well, it's after about seven years, I just kind of got a little bored with it. Um, it was, it was again, a really good experience. Nothing I'd ever changed. Um, but just got a little bored with it. I kind of felt like I was grounded, you know, you go there and you got to stay there for 24 hours in the house. And so, uh, um, I would have, like I said, already had my degrees and basically my teaching certificate was done. So I had to clean up a few classes. Uh, and I did that. And that's when I got into teaching and coaching at that point. And I did want to coach at that point too. I was having some interest in getting into coaching. Okay. Did you know that's what you wanted to do for a while or were you considering other career paths? No, I knew like well, once I, I I thought I might stay in the fire department, but once I realized I was kind of going to be moving on from that, then I knew I wanted to teach and coach. Okay. And was Carmel your first stop or? Where it was, it was a first, 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 first and only interview. And right out where, as soon as I wrapped everything up and, uh, um, you know, I got a job. I was at, uh, Carmel junior high for a year. Um, that was my first position. And then, uh, I was only there for one year and then moved to the high school. After. That's just alternative school for a year and then moved to the high school after that. Okay. And were you teaching math or? I was teaching math and physics. I was, kind of, what did I do first? I was math first. Cause that was the opening. And then I moved into physics after that. Okay. How'd you enjoy the, the teaching side of things? Oh, I really liked it. I mean, that's why I'm still doing it. Um, it, it was awesome. And uh, really, really enjoyed Carmel's schedule, their block schedule uh, in terms of comparison to other school districts is pretty amazing in terms of the, the time you have to collaborate and prep and things like that. So it, it, it started me off right where I was able to have success. Yeah. And then the coaching side of things, what, what was your involvement there? 
so I started off uh, uh, my first, my, I was cross country uh, with, uh, with the captain at Carmel. And then in track, there wasn't any openings in track. So I actually coached the junior high for track for a season and then moved over to the high school a second year. So then the rest of that time I was Hall High School for cross country and track. Okay. How was that time? It was, it was good. I was, it was a good, it was a good uh, experience because you had so many kids. Um, the learning curve was awesome just to pick up on, um, you know, the training effect on, on kids and, and you know, injury prevention and, uh, um, and that kind of thing. Like, you know, if it, unfortunately, if you're in a smaller program where maybe you got 10 kids, it just, you know, you just don't see as much as quickly. And it just takes a little longer to pick up on some of those aspects that you just have to experience. Yeah, definitely. So you had trained, had you trained yourself for a while at this point? Like, were you pretty well versed on your, your own training or did yeah. you have someone coaching you or? No, I was just self-trained. Just I was just so into it. I I read constantly. I mean, that's what I did. I just I just loved it, and so I was pretty pretty well versed. Um, but really, it was a one man experiment. I mean, it was just me training myself. So um, obviously, when I started coaching, you know, a lot of a lot of kids, and I you know I, I learned at this uh, you know learned from that as well. Yeah. So did you know pretty early on that you'd want to be a head coach eventually? Like you want to have your own team, or what was that mindset? Yeah. 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 Kind of. Kind of of a control freak at times and so yeah <laughs> i got i got to be writing the workouts and <laughs> that kind of thing so not not control freak in other areas but in that regards like i got i have to write the workouts um and so uh so yeah i kind of saw that as a as a long-term mid mid to long-term goal at some point for sure yeah for sure were you like content to stay at carmel for a while or were you looking for yeah no i really wasn't um you know, I had a really good experience there. We had at the, while I was there with Josh Trisler and Tito Downer were coaching with me. And um, they were both guys that ran at Carmel, but had graduated and came back to coach. And we were all running really well at the time. So we were coaching and training and it was a really good experience in that way. So I didn't really have any intentions of going anywhere. Um, but we actually built a house, uh, my wife and I, uh, when we were ready to have family, we actually built a house in Fishers. And so I was actually commuting to Carmel with no real intentions of, of leaving. Um, but then there was talk of opening a second high school in our, in our district, which is now Fisher's high school. And we just really liked the area out here. And, uh, and so as I, right, as I started to have some thoughts about it, a math position and cross country position opened mm. and I'm like, okay, that's a sign. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so I went ahead and interviewed and, and I was able to move over to HSE. Okay. How were the, the early days at, at HSE? Was it a smooth transition? Yeah, it really was. It really was. I thought, you know, because I was a little bit older when I got into teaching, you know, I wasn't coming in at like right fresh out of college. I already had seven years at the fire department and then a few years at Carmel. So, you know, I already had, you know, enough experience. That I could, I, I, I could step in pretty quickly. Um, and my learning curve in the, in the head coaching position was, was pretty, pretty smooth and pretty fast. And I was fortunate also to inherit a, a, a program on the rise. You know, our area was growing and the suburban aspect of it was growing. And, um, and so that, that really helped me too. Yeah. So coming into the, the head coaching position, did you have a pretty good idea of what kind of training you wanted to do? And, and did you have a pretty set plan? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Just off of what what we had done, you know, at Carmel and, you know, uh, for the last couple of years, there, I was kind of mainly writing writing the workout plan at that point for the boys um, and pretty much just used that as a template and went from there. Yeah. What uh, what kind of influences have shaped your your approach to training? Oh, you know, like I said, just the different sports like. um you know, like, a, like I bring in some, like the way swim intervals are done a little bit different than the way track intervals are done. I brought in some of those ideas. Um, it's not a dramatic change in terms of the outcome, but just in terms of organization and the, the flow of the workout for the kids and things like that. Um, and then just myself, I, I was a lower mileage high school runner, didn't know it really. 
I didn't really know what low high mileage was, but then when I got to college, I got my mileage and just took off. And so I never became a real high mileage advocate, but I realized, you know, it's, it's hard to be a good high school runner on 25 miles a week. You know, it can be done, but uh, if you've got a lot of talent, but you know, if you're the regular, a regular guy or girl, you know, you got to get some, get some work in some mileage in. Sure. Uh, so while we're talking training, if you can share like as much or as little as you'd like, but what's kind of your, your training philosophy, mileage, workouts, progression, thing like things like that. Okay. Well, you know, this, this is going to sound kind of uh, strange, but you know, I used to write everything down like every day in a calendar and have everything planned out. And, you know, after, you know, 10, 12 years of doing that, I started to really realize like what works one year can completely not work the next year, mm-hmm. you know? And, uh, so basically now I've just had more of a framework um, and I, and I kind of just use my intuition um, based upon the team itself. Like, is it a little bit higher mileage team? Is it a team that like enjoys, you know, the speed work more than the distance, um, mm-hmm. you know, more coachable, um, you know, more durable, that kind of thing. And then adjust the workouts from there. So generally what I would say is kind of typical, but we'll start with a little more volume type concept in the summer and then transition that throughout the season but we really don't it's not really an abrupt change um it, it's more it's more subtle more subtle than that and the other thing i would say too is we don't do too many interval workouts that are more than about 15 minutes in total run time um which sometimes sounds kind of low um but i just feel like at the high school level when you're racing as much as we race and uh you know you're trying to squeeze all these different kind of workouts in in a week or two week period um you can get a lot out of 10 to 15 minutes if done right in combination with other workouts so that you've got something in the tank for a workout two or three days later and a race two or three days after that. So most of our workouts, except for some key workouts, really don't go over about 12 to 15 minutes in total time. If you'd like to continue listening to this episode of the podcast, you'll need to subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Indiana runner. Once you do, you'll get access to all full length episodes of the interview portion of the podcast in addition to other subscriber-only content, including extra content on race previews and recaps, book club episodes, the ability to ask my guests questions, and much more. Thanks again for listening to and supporting this podcast. I look forward to connecting with you on Patreon.